0: Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Aver with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: And I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat.
0: And it is a very special day today. Mm. Because it is the... Is it our
1: 50th episode?
0: It's not, but it's the <laughs> first show since someone had a really big birthday. Yes,
1: I'm geriatric now. <laughs> You know, when I was little, my dad used to sing this song all the time when it was somebody's birthday.
0: <laughs> lordy, lordy, Simone is 40. I
1: am. I am. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't see the uh, Twitter. In case you didn't see the Facebook. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't see the largest sign ever in my yard that my very good friends put up. Um, in case you weren't in the Superdome and I didn't tell you. Um, husband's like, you gotta stop telling people.
0: How was it? Did you have a great day? It was great. It was a
1: great day. A great day. I think it's continuing a little bit. I got Mm -hmm. one more birthday celebration to go. That's
0: what
1: I hear. Friday uh
0: lunch. Yes. I have some
1: some amazing friends. Uh, And it was really, really great. Really great.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you had a wonderful birthday. We wish you all the best and much success and lots of happiness. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Do I get any credit for being on time and in studio today? Yes, you do. Lots
0: of credit. Uh, unfortunately we have you know of some sad news as well yay i mean yay for being on time but <laughs> man sunday i'm still heartbroken and i know we all oh, are i think you're
1: actually bitter Jacques. actually i am very
0: bitter <laughs> simone's been following my tweets um i have pretty much been hate tweeting roger Cattell all week fair that's okay fair there's so many great photos right <laughs> where is roger no word yet oh, no gail benson put out a a wonderful statement, I thought. It was very Gale, mm-hmm. very graceful, very nice. But still no word from him. So, yeah, we'll have more on that next week um, and a little bit of a surprise for the Super Bowl. So I won't give too much away, but we can talk about it next week. Yes, fun, um, fun, fun. But, okay, Oh, aside from birthdays Woo! and aside from Saints, a, it's been I, a week.
1: It's been a week, and we had a day off somewhere in there, <laughs> too, which is pretty amazing. Um, it has been nonstop. Next week is equally as crazy. Yesterday was a huge day yesterday yeah. let's so start you were there, there we'll kind of in
0: person i was watching what? on facebook but there was a big press conference at the center for river studies that's right? right
1: the governor called a press conference at the center for river studies um and announced that uh over 350 million dollars uh he was going to commit to the coast um some of it was from surplus funds um and some of it was from our fair share of offshore. Offshore royalty revenues, um, which we had been long anticipating. So we announced some of those protection and restoration projects that was going towards.
0: Yeah, I think it's over 20 projects across the coast that yeah, are going. And,
1: and projects familiar, you know, in, in Grand Isle and Lafitte, um, some of my friends in Terrebonne and Lafouche, lots of protection projects, um, which is what Gomesa is supposed mm-hmm. to be for, but also uh some restoration projects. Mm-hmm. So, as well, one of our projects we follow, the Homa Navigational Canal Lock. Um, um, which is protection and restoration, and also by LaFouche. Uh, which is uh, water artery for 300,000 residents. Mm
0: -hmm. And as you mentioned, state surplus dollars being repaid to the Coastal Fund. Yes, the
1: protection of coastal dollars. And the governor um, had said he made a commitment to coastal projects. So he's returning those funds, a significant amount of funds um, towards the West Shore Project, Mm -hmm. which is protection for some of the river parishes. Um, But that investment actually unlocks a three-quarter of a billion dollar project, a seven hundred, almost seven hundred fifty million dollar project, um, and Louisiana puts some money forward, uh, and that sets that project off. So that's really important to some of those people in um, in the river parishes. Yeah,
0: I mean it's so important. I mean both in terms of you know, protecting funding, securing additional funding, but then also for the yeah, actual way projects that we leverage, on the ground. Right, It's yeah. a way that
1: we can leverage funding. And so that was a really great announcement. And there's another big the, announcement, the right? The finale was the best by all means. Number one avid listener, Chip Klein, was named chairman of the Coastal Restoration and Protection Authority as well as executive assistant. So um, he had been named interim. The governor said that um, within the three weeks that he was interim, He had uh, gotten several problems solved and had a whole year's uh, worth of work mapped out. And so um, he is an excellent choice for that position and a real leader uh, in coastal issues. So congratulations. Congratulations.
0: Our organizations put out a statement congratulating him and just saying, you know, that he's helped navigate Louisiana through some of the most difficult challenges our coast has faced, from oil spill settlement negotiations to implementation of complex, large-scale protection and restoration projects. His experience advocating for Louisiana's coast at the local, state, and federal levels has greatly benefited. It our has. state. So congratulations. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll continue to look forward to having him on the show, hopefully. He
1: had his lovely wife there and his two cute, cute little kids. And he had his grandfather there. And so it was really nice to see he has been a loyal and hardworking servant to the state of Louisiana. And so I, you think he's, good, like, too big to call us now? I
0: don't know. I, I, think don't, so. I I'm worrying about it, you know. I think so. Well, you know, I guess we have friends in high places. <laughs> um, Maybe they will or won't talk you know, to us anymore. Or. Yeah. <laughs> well, this show today, I'm so excited. We're touching on a topic we've touched on before. Birds right? or oysters? Which one? <laughs> Which one? Well, they're very important to the coast, but... Um, you know, we ha- we've had the folks from Shelley Farms on to talk about mm-hmm. the off-bottom oyster production that they're doing in Plaquemines Parish um, and, and the innovations that they're securing in their business. And this actually, this idea came up because I saw a great story in the mm-hmm. Baton Rouge business report about, um, you know, off-bottom oyster harvesting and, and in fact, quoting, um, you know, one of the co-owners of Jolie Pearl in Baton Rouge and, and kind of how they have benefited from this type of Uh, you know, production. So I'm so excited to welcome uh, Eric Carnegie from Jolie Pearl. Welcome to Delta Dispatches.
2: Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for being with us. So, Eric, I want to get into kind of, I mean, I'm sure a topic you talk about day in and day out, oysters. But first, tell us a little bit about your background.
2: I mean, I've been in the restaurant industry since 2000, you know, just started off as a a funky little server and then... (laughs) Learn the ropes of everything. And, that's the best you know, way to
1: country. do it, though, right, Eric? <laughs> uh, you gotta, you
2: gotta learn. You need to do, how to do, everything. You gotta learn to wash dishes. You gotta learn how to do it all. And um, yeah, I mean, that just that was my calling. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have a career so far. That's you know, been a uh, part owner of a couple little spots and some bars. And uh, but yeah, Jolie Pearl is my, that's my baby. Are that's you from awesome. Baton Rouge? Oh yeah, born and raised. Awesome. Born and raised.
1: So tell us the, behind the name Jolie Pearl. Is well, there so a the, story uh, there? The
2: building, yeah, the building we have downtown is the historic Jolie building. Very so cool. Jolie in French, you know, beautiful, beautiful pearl. It works out. Sometimes uh, Sometimes you've got to look at where you're at, and the name will come for you.
0: And how long has the restaurant been open?
2: Uh, we're going on five years.
0: Wow. And I, one of the things I noticed on your website um, – you know, you guys source oysters from all over. I mean, we love our Louisiana oysters, but you know, I lived in the Bay Area for a while and loved the oysters up at Drake's Bay and and kind of in Seattle and all, all other places. So, um, what what's kind of the offering that you have in terms of oysters at Julie Pearl?
2: You know, we we carry them from the West Coast, East Coast to Canada, and it's something. You know, when I did my kind of traveling around and starting to see other restaurants and all those other areas and trying the oysters I'm like you know there's just there's not many places in this Louisiana in general just to showcase you know some other kind of oysters yes I agree Louisiana oysters are by far the best but it's you know being able to get some from you know Seattle and uh, Puget Sound from you know all the way to New Brunswick for some Beau and, you know, from New York to Virginia. I mean, they're just, they're all over the place, and a lot of people, they don't even know
0: that. And, I mean, some people may have only had Louisiana oysters, right? So, what are you experiencing, I, I like that kind of know, just, just hit if them you're head sampling, on, right? you know, from it, different places? Like, how do they differ?
2: I mean, it's all about the water they're in, you know? I mean, by uh, obviously, there's a reason why our Gulf are a little saltier, just, you know, based on the water they're in, and you know, some, they just they they all have different profiles. I mean, it's just kind of wine. you know, it's like whatever region it's from, it kind of grows from the grape and the soil. But, you know, your your ones from Canada, obviously, they have like a little cleaner taste. And, you know, your ones from the West Coast can differ from salinity to even like even the earthiness cucumber taste. Now, they all, you know, sometimes I consider myself an oyster sommelier, so I can uh, <laughs> taste a little difference in them.
1: Great. Well, we're going to have um, some more chit-chat with you in just a second, if you don't mind hanging on with us, Eric. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the website. It says, we're pretty shucking good together. I had to like <laughs> say that really slowly, so that's super cute. Um, can you tell us the website real quick, Eric, before we go to break?
2: It's uh, com.
1: Okay, great. Eric, hold on with us, and we'll be back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990.
3: National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org louisiana... Show your support for Restoring Coastal Louisiana at Cook Off for the Coast, Saturday, February 9th from 2 to 6 p.m. Head to Dockville Farm in Violet to enjoy local cook-off teams preparing dishes of wild game from our coastal wetlands and try their creative spins on their wild game dishes. It's free with cash bar, kids activities, and music by the Benicia Melody Makers. Proceeds go to Coastal Restoration Work in St. Bernard, so come on out to Cook Off for the Coast on February 9th and visit Cook Off for the Coast on Facebook for more information.
0: At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems. Focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats,
1: region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org.
0: And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. we're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat.
0: And we're excited to have back with us Eric Carnegie, owner of Jolie Pearl in Baton Rouge, and we're talking oysters. So, Eric, you may have listened to Delta Dispatches in the past or not, but we always like to ask a fun question. So, um, I guess my question to you is, what is your favorite seafood other than oysters?
2: Good question. Oh, man, that is a tough one. Um, I mean, I'm just going to have to go simple crawfish. I mean... This, uh, I want crawfish some, so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, you look forward to the time of the year. You can start I was going to ask but, you
1: that. Are you just saying crawfish because it's that time of year, or is that something like Girl Scout cookies? You only get that time of year, and you want it.
2: <laughs> you it, crave it it's more of like hearing it from my wife every day. Like, hey, you know, come get crawfish. Come get crawfish. Come get crawfish. So you kind of, uh, you know, thankfully I, I enjoy them just as much. But yeah, I mean, that's just you know, this is something in our pastime. You know, it's that's a. I don't know. Being a crawfish, I think of family. So yeah,
1: I, I think that. that's an excellent point. Like always, you know, crawfish is fun, and you're getting together with right. people, and it's not, you know, nobody ever eats crawfish in at dinner by themselves, you know, or anything like. That. I guess you could. That's but. what
2: makes us unique in Louisiana. <laughs> exactly. One of exactly. many
0: reasons. So, Eric, um, we mentioned the Baton Rouge Business Report um, story that came out, I think, this week um that featured you and others talking about off-bottom oyster production but you were quoted as saying that people come to your restaurant and there's one oyster in particular that uh, allegedly ruins oysters for them uh tell us about that oyster and why why that is
2: yeah i mean it's just it's it's one of the ones we feature is we call it our you know it's our premium oyster we, we call it the Jolie pearl you know we we get it from island grand isle it's one of those off bottom oysters that's just it's it's an immaculate oyster. I mean, it's you can. T- it's almost like it's pampered, and you know, it's perfect salinity. It just looks like it's almost photoshopped after you shuck it. And yeah, I mean, time and time out, you know, people they're like, we, you know, they'll go eat oysters anywhere else, and they're just like, you brewing it for me. <laughs> how
0: long have you had that particular oyster on your
2: menu?
1: And how did you find
2: uh, out about yeah. it? You know, we uh. Oh, Professor old Steve Pollack from LSU, you know, he reached out to us. He he started off in Grand Isle doing the cages on the water. And, you know, when we first opened, he um, reached out to me. And I I was hesitant for a minute and got him in there and tried it myself and was just blown away. And i was like, all right, let's let's see how they do. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, you got to charge a little bit more. But I was like, let's see how they go. And we just started rolling through them. And next thing you know, you know, I think you think he – retire from his job and (laughs) just focusing on the oysters and yeah we've been having them literally since day one so you know we're going on close to four or five years now
0: and you know you mentioned but uh you don't hear this often lsu biologists professors turn to oyster farmers so tell us a little bit about um the the husband wife duo that you get your oysters from
2: yeah i mean professor pollock you know him he he is an, a mad scientist to a certain extent. I mean, he's a biologist, and he knows way more about oysters and the seas and production than I ever wish to have known. There's still stuff I don't understand to this day. Um, but, you know, he, he has hatchery out there in Grand Isle, and he's doing stuff at LSU. And, I mean, he obviously, you know, has a love and a calling for it. And not only that, he has a really inferior product that's just, you know, it's hard to compete with.
1: I've actually been to the LSU facility down there, the oyster hatchery, and it Uh is kind of a mad scientist kind of. It's it's they they grow this certain bacteria with this certain colored light. It's actually really amazing um how much research goes into oysters and uh what makes them successful and vulnerable because they can't move right you know um that uh that's something that's super interesting but it's so funny you go down to Grand Isle and um they have kind of a camp attached to it where everybody stays there's a Mike the Tiger you know down in Grand Isle uh, but it, you know it's kind of labor intensive right they um they have to go down and flip the cages and and some different things like that. So, you know, that's one of the benefits, right? They're off bottom, so they get a different part of the water. What are some other benefits?
2: I mean, he can just control them. I mean, he literally can go out there, try it on the spot, and say, you know, I want them a little saltier. I'm going to leave them there a little longer, you know. And obviously, the longer they stay, the saltier they get. And that's just that's a that's some that's a rare unique quality of these. You know, not many. You can't do that on every kind of oyster. I mean, he literally spoils these oysters, you know. <laughs> it's very, very labor intensive for him. You know, he doesn't have a workforce. It was, it's him, his son, his wife, and, you know, it, it's exhausting for him, but it's, uh, he, he loves doing it, and it's not something I want to be out there doing every day, so thankfully he does it
0: for us. Yeah, well, if you have a love for it, I'm sure it's not as, as labor-intensive as it might otherwise be. You know, I had an opportunity, we, we mentioned this earlier, to go down um, to Shelley Farms in Plaquemines Parish with uh, Brandy Shelley and Terry Shelley, and they also do oyster, off-bottom oyster production. And I think they mentioned in terms of the, um, the amount of time it takes for the oyster to go from seed to actually being ready to, to be eaten, it's pretty, it's reduced, is that correct?
2: Correct. Yeah. I mean, they can do them a lot quicker. I
1: think there's you know, less they, predators too, right? You know, because of where they are, they're right. not at the bottom, they're not kind of sitting ducks, right? They're higher
0: in the right. water they're column. Not, they're not
2: banging around, they're not getting attacked by anything, you know, they're just they're living the good life, sitting on top of the water and, you know, sitting in cages. Yeah. So
0: you've, I mean, you source your oysters, like you mentioned, from all over the country and Canada. Um you know, it seems like off-bottom oyster production is something that's relatively new to Louisiana. I mean, why do you think we're a little behind um, in that in that realm? Or do you see an opportunity there for more people to start doing this?
2: Oh, I definitely see an opportunity for more people to start doing it. I mean, from, um, I don't even know if we're really behind on it. I think it's just, it was just an afterthought. Like you said, it was just new to me when it was brought up. I mean, I've been in the industry a while, and I just, you never realize that, well, you know you could do oysters like that and i guess it's more of just kind of educating people i mean you know and these farmers who are doing it from uh you know all their lives they're, they're seeing that all right you know, this is just, just another way um and yeah it can help you know speed up everything and can help uh, with inventory and all that.
1: Do you feel like that's one of your roles, too, not restaurateur and educator, right? I mean, people ask questions, especially when you display all the oysters. I'm sure y'all feel like every day, like a sommelier. You used a good term there to say, okay, these are the differences and this is why. Um, So I guess that is probably an unintended consequence of Jolie Pearl, right?
2: I mean, it is, but I mean, the staff, I mean, our staff... You know, even the ones who don't like oysters, like they enjoy tasting the difference, and you know, they're just as good as I am.
1: Are they ever like, like Hey, so we, we need a field like trip that. down there to Grand Isle to, ch- <laughs> to check nah, out?
2: I don't know if they want to do that much work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little much, and that water gets cold. Yeah.
0: And I mean, your customers too. I mean, I'm sure like people just by being one of the few places that's actually doing this, um, you know, people are learning a lot. And are you seeing more of an interest in? how oysters are produced how where they come from differs i mean it's almost like like you were saying like wine tasting but for oysters
2: mm-hmm. oh, absolutely we we do and we call it oyster flight you know you can get one of each you know we'll carry anytime from you know a couple of east coast and west coast so you, know, you could get a half dozen and every one's a different oyster so you can literally just go down the you know profile of each one and taste the difference you can see the difference in the shells you know you can see everything and that's definitely something unique that people uh thoroughly enjoy.
1: So what what good things do y'all have coming up at the restaurant? I'm sorry. Do y'all have any good events coming up at the restaurant? Anything we want to talk about?
2: Oh man, we uh so we got coming up May well we always do live music and stuff, but we uh last year we were fortunate to uh put on the first ever uh Baton Rouge Oyster Festival. It was in June last year. It was a hot one, but we uh we had an amazing turnout, close to eight thousand people Oh, wow. and, uh we're uh yeah we're doing it again this year may 18th in downtown baton rouge
0: yeah and i want to talk a little bit about that i think you partnered with our our friends at coalition or store coastal louisiana um we're about to head on uh into a break but eric do you mind hanging on just for a few more uh questions in our next segment absolutely all right we'll be right back you're listening to delta dispatches on wgso 990 am always available online at DeltaDispatches.org. we'll be right back after the break
1: Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast, community, and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.RestoreOrRetreat.org. At
0: Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org
3: National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website nwf.org Louisiana to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org slash Louisiana.
0: Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner The products in our homes safer So not only can our planet prosper So can our future Go to EDF.org to see how you can help
2: Uh,
1: The The Coastal Stat of the Week Welcome back to Delta Dispatches I love that song um, at, at the press conference yesterday, John Bell Edwards announced his plans to designate over
0: $350 million. That was a
1: test, Jacques. And coastal dollars, including $55 million from FY18 surplus dollars to Louisia- back to Louisiana's Coastal Trust Fund. He highlighted nearly $300 million allocated to hurricane protection projects for the next three fiscal years from the GO MESA, which is the Gulf of Mexico Energy Security Act revenues coming to the state. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but it definitely bared some repeating. Uh, also, it could be repeated at the state's annual plan meetings, which are coming up next week. Um, they are next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, the first one is being held at Lake Charles at their Civic Center. Uh, it starts at uh, 5.30, uh, and they go over the plan. Uh, there's an open house, actually, at 5.30, the presentation at 6, and then they take public comment. So that's kind of the plan. They do that Tuesday at the Lake Charles Civic Center, and then Wednesday at Lakefront Airport, which is really nice. Good, mm-hmm. good We
0: location. fly out of there a lot for yeah, our coastal flyers.
1: Nice location, Dead Center, New Orleans. Again, 5.30 to 8, and then they round it out at the Home of Terrebonne Civic Center. Um, Mm, on Thursday. Shout out.
0: Do you have anything to do with that location? No, no,
1: no. They usually do make a visit to Homa The following week, um, they're actually going to talk about the Atchafalaya specifically. There's an Atchafalaya Beeson program, and then those two meetings will happen in or near the Beeson. Um, It's actually going to happen at Bayou Sorrel, known for... um, Get them. What is it? The shoot them. Shoot them. Uh, oh, I don't know this. The um swamp people. Oh yeah. yeah, Yes, yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. you sorrel. Um, and that's actually happening at five thirty. There is an open house and there's a public hearing at six thirty. And then again on Wednesday, um specifically to the Chaffalaya Basin Program public hearing, uh in Henderson,
0: Louisiana. A lot going on. There
1: is a lot going on. The week after that, the Governor's Advisory Commission will meet. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new members that will be at 10 a.m. in Baton Rouge and uh, might have a special guest attend.
0: So how does the Chaffalaya program like intersect with CPRA? So
1: it used to be a program of the Louisiana Department of uh, Natural Resources, or DNR, um, and uh, I think last year, or yeah, I think last year officially, um, CPRA adopted it from the Department of Natural Resources so it just made sense to put it under their purview, it's a important part of our central coast um, so um, CPRA took that over and so this is kind of the transition, um, they have a specific plan for the basin because it is a little different mm-hmm. than uh, the Chenier of Southwest Louisiana, shout out Lori Cormier mm-hmm. and uh, or the Mississippi River right. Delta so they have a plan there uh, they have a lot of recreation out in that area Area. um that's where rainy is right in that part rainy, of the world
0: yeah well we're actually um the i guess the line of demarcation if you oh. can call it that, between the basin and the Chenier goes throughout oh. the rainy sanctuary that's so, very interesting you that's can our coastal stat yeah. of the week huh <laughs> you yeah, apparently you can actually see with the vegetation like where it. it you know it. where it, that happens so it's a cool it's a very cool spot to, to visit and i was actually as you were talking about the chaffalite basin i was Going back to my days, filming the 360 mm-hmm, video, and I'm like, oh, I need another field trip out there. We need to think of a reason to go out to, to Wax Lake. Well, look,
1: you can go to those hearings. You can go to the basin <laughs> hearings, Are you going to be out right?
0: on the actual or are you in a <laughs> meeting room somewhere?
1: Well, it is. Uh, it's that time of year. It's meeting time. Mm-hmm. These are important because... Um, The annual plan meetings are the actual dollars and discussion of the dollars that are des- designated. Uh, it's a time to look back at some of the past successes and look forward to the projects that will be
0: implemented too. Yeah. Well, yeah, n- a lot going on. So, going um, on. well, we're, you know, fear, excited to talk about one of our favorite topics, which, other than field trips and birds, is food—oysters. Oysters specifically, uh, <laughs> we talk so, about them a lot. I'm actually going to be in Baton Rouge next Monday and Tuesday. Maybe I'll make mm-hmm. a stop by Jolie Pearl. Mm-hmm. um Eric Carnegie, welcome back. You, to you'll, you'll have Dispatches. to do a little
1: uh, field test. I'll have something. to do a field test. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Oyster Flight and report back next week. So, um, you were talking a little bit about some of the events y'all do um, and uh, you partner with Coalition of Restore Coastal Louisiana on the Baton Rouge Oyster Fest. So, this year coming up it's the second year that you all did it? Or are, are going no, to do l- it?
2: Last year, 2018 was our first one. Okay. Um, this year, come, yeah, May 18th will be the second one. So, it sounds so like y'all
1: bumped 18th. it up a little, yeah? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, we had a huge... The crowd was... Uh, well, more than we expected last year, so That's we, uh good problem yeah, to have, here, I guess.
1: So. <laughs> so tell us, y'all have music? Like what? Like tell us exactly what goes on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we we've got a, obviously great lot of music. Um, you know, this year we have it headlined by Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, uh, nice. we've got that used Rubble to be my jam. Yeah. so we uh, it's it's a great lineup, and then obviously you know showcasing some great restaurants from uh, baton rouge and surrounding areas and all to yeah and to partner up with uh crcl is just to yeah we you know we have a platform and we want to be able to you know get that cause out there bring attention to the, the what cr coalition does and um you know they brought some great stuff last year that could help you know benefit it from like oyster recycling bins for the food mm-hmm. so when p- people got done eating their shells they just would Dump them in the oyster bin, and uh, they got to take those back to the coast and you know dump them back.
0: That's awesome, and you know um, our our friend Jimmy Frederick, who uh, has been on the show before, actually connected us. So you know we love Coalition North Shore Coast Louisiana and Jimmy and and the work that they do. Um, I mean, you were mentioning it, but you know as a, a owner of a restaurant that sources you know your product from the coast. I mean, from your perspective. Um, And maybe, I mean, this is a message to people in Baton Rouge who may think, oh, well, coastal issues, they don't directly affect me. But um, why do you think coastal restoration is so important?
2: Because, I mean, that is, you know, the coast is what what gives us Louisiana's identity. You know, that's, we wouldn't have this great, amazing food that we showcase and so proud of if it wasn't for, you know, the coast being a, a big part of us. And, you know, we need that for the future you know whether it's from the wildlife or to continue the great seafood industry and you know the hard workers who've been doing this for so long you know you just everything needs to work together to make a uh, you know continue to uh, you know be Louisiana what it is and that's just that's a huge it's our duty as owners to, you know restaurants and stuff to you know we we always want to support different causes and stuff and you know there's there's stuff like this that you know, people don't. You know, sometimes I not think about it. Uh, it Where we're glad to put that on a big platform. I
1: like. Uh, I matters. like what you said. It's it's part of our our identity. Uh, there's one of my favorite memes is uh, Louisiana shaped like a boot because it kicks. You know, <laughs> so I, I always yeah. love that. But you're right; it is tied to everything we do, whether you're in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, even North Louisiana. Right? There's so many natural resources that that come from there. Is it? So you mentioned the date for Oyster Fest. Um, say it again for us, please, if you don't mind.
2: It's May 18th. And so Saturday, it's 18th, all
1: day. Downtown. Like, you have to buy tickets. Where can yeah, you find more a
2: free fest- It is a free festival. Free. You know, we, uh, we're fortunate to have some great sponsors always that help us, you know, to make it free. Um, you know, obviously, the food vendors you can buy food, but it's, it's, yeah, it's an all day event downtown. It's just, you know, Baton Rouge is. uh. Well, oh, their downtown's kicking now. Oh, look, we, we hold our own, and that's the point of doing this stuff. You know, we want to showcase. You know, obviously, what Baton Rouge has to offer, and you know, being downtown, that's a uh, that's a uh, hub for Baton Rouge, and you know, there, there's a lot more to do than besides, you know, just restaurants and stuff. Great hotels, great bars, great restaurants.
0: So, tell everyone again um, where. What are your hours? Where are you located? Um, and you know, you know, what, the website, the
1: Twitter, all the, the information, website. yeah,
0: so that people can come and, and get the oyster flight.
2: Sure. Yeah. So the website is Bar dot com. Uh, we're at 315. We're on North Boulevard, right in the hub of downtown Baton Rouge. We're open Monday through Sunday. Um, you know, lunch and dinner. We do some great brunch stuff. You know, we're open late nights, doing live music Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, you know, we have them cooked over ten different ways. We uh, we like to push the boundaries a little bit when it comes to uh, cooking oysters. And you know, we're, we're not a bad thing. Uh, absolutely, we do a little bit of everything. So
1: tell us the website again.
2: Oysterbar dot com. You
1: got a Twitter? What's the Twitter?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. No, uh, no Twitter. No Twitter yet. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, Baton Rouge Oyster Fest is Baton dot com. All the information on the festival is there as well.
0: Well, well, um, Eric, thank you so much for all the work you do and for being on the show. We're actually going to talk to someone from Coalition North Shore Coastal Louisiana next. So, you know, in order to know we talked about eating the oysters but now we're going to talk about what you do with the shells after and how they can go back into the water to help restore our coast so thank you again so much and of course as we get closer to the baton rouge oyster fest we'll be sure to Mm -hmm. give you a shout out you're welcome to come back on and promote it
1: pretty shocking good together (laughs) i feel like i have to say each one i'm gonna let you say that
0: It's a bit of a tongue twister for the radio. And I know BJ's holding on to that, uh, button. <laughs> the, the bleep button. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you again uh, so much. And, you know, best of luck and continued luck. And next time, I mean, Simone and I are in Batner's quite mm-hmm. a lot. So We're going to
1: pop in. You better we, believe You will be
0: seeing our faces there. Um, and we'll be saw, having a I saw few that he oyster fish. specialty
1: flights. cocktails, too. Oh, so, yeah. mm-hmm. okay.
0: oyster shooters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, God. take care. Um, and we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 998 AM. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: Actually, we just talk about oysters. And, and I was birds. Say, and
0: we're talking about oysters and birds. And birds, I know.
1: birds, oysters. <laughs> I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. Well,
0: happy birthday again, Simone. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, we're continuing the oyster conversation. Um, so once you shuck them... <laughs> don't careful, just chuck them careful shock is that right krista russell with coalition North store of louisiana
4: that is correct
0: <laughs> <laughs> well welcome the mm-hmm. delta dispatches I, this is your first time i believe correct
4: Yes,
0: yes, my first time. Welcome, Welcome to
1: the show. Uh,
0: it hopefully will not be your last, as you can t- ask uh, any of your colleagues that, you know, we tend to ask them on again Jimmy and again. Jimmy
1: was probably happy he didn't have to come <laughs> on again. He's like, man, I'm not going yeah. with those two poses. Catch
0: a break for once. So Krista, tell us a little bit about your role at CRCL.
4: Yeah, t- well, tell us about sure.
0: yourself. And yourself. Where are you okay, from? i do
4: all of one. <laughs> How about that? So I'm, I'm from Illinois. Um, I can't say that I'm from Louisiana. I've learned not to do that. <laughs> Um, So, I'm from Illinois. Um, I moved to Louisiana in 2009. Um, So, I have always been really passionate about coastal places, despite the fact I grew up in a landlocked state. Um, And I I sort of got into that through watching Jacques Cousteau documentaries as a little kid and going fishing and camping and hiking with my parents. We went camping a lot as kids. We traveled as much as we could. Um, And... I had the opportunity to come down to Louisiana, and I did, and I don't regret it one little bit. Um, So I did my undergrad at the University of New Orleans in biology, um, and most of the work that I do now focuses on coastal ecology, particularly swamps, um, some fresh and saltwater marshes, and a little bit of marine work. Um, So I am the coastal scientist for the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana, um, which is sort of a loaded title. Um, So I coordinate an oyster shell recycling program, which I believe you guys know all about. I'm sure we'll chat a lot about Um, And also help monitor all of our restoration projects. So making sure that what we do actually works. And if it doesn't work, we fix it so it does later. (laughs) Well, how are, I have to
0: ask, how are the oysters in Illinois?
4: Uh, Terrible. I would
0: imagine. (laughs) Do they ship them? Like, I mean, if you're in Chicago and stuff, I'm sure you can get like oysters from
4: all over. You can get them. Um, I would not recommend it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Eating oysters next to the coast is a good idea. Eating a lot of, Seafood that's supposed to be marine in the interior is not always the best idea. <laughs>
0: that's it. So you're in a good place. Well, so tell us a little bit about, give us the latest on the Oyster Shell Recycling Program. How many restaurants are you up
4: to at this point? Uh, so we have 19 partner restaurants right now, which is pretty exciting. Um, these folks are really focused on putting their money where their mouth is as far as sustainability is concerned. And they're very active participants, which is really great. Um, there are some folks, there's even folks who said, oh, we want to be on this list. And they kind of came and found us, which is great. Um, So they're doing awesome. So together we've recycled a little over 4,000 tons of shell, which is 800 million pounds. It's it's not going to take a stick at. It's a lot of oysters.
1: Yeah, to think that somebody ate uh, everything. And I know that shells are way heavier than the meat, but still. You know, Krista, one of the things I think that it's amazing that the restaurants, I mean, they have a lot of work in this themselves. It's not like they just are doing it. For the name recognition, right? I mean, there's actually, they have some shell in the game, as one might say, right?
4: Exactly, exactly. It takes some um, commitment. Yes, it it is a commitment. So um, we are the first oyster shell recycling program in Louisiana. We hope we won't be the last. Um, But the shell is a really important resource, um, and it gets thrown away, and that's a problem. Um, so these restaurants are basically helping pay into a recycling service, just like you would recycle cardboard or anything else, except that this shell gets recycled and put back out into the water where it can do some good.
0: And before it gets there, so you guys have a like a place where yeah, you where kind of you store, all store all it. But yeah. and you, so yeah, I mean, I've actually been once or twice and you just <laughs> see this huge mound of oyster shells. So what happens with that mound?
4: Sure, Um, so Phoenix Recycling um, works with us to pick up from the restaurants and bring it down to our curing site, which is down in Burris. And shell has to cure for at least six months out in the sun, make sure it gets turned and exposed to the air, um, making sure that it's nice and clean when it goes back down to the water. Um, and then we have to do something to build reef projects with it. So we rely really heavily on volunteers. So um, volunteers come down once or twice a month and help us bag up that shell and prepare it into it's basically little bag units. And those units go to build reef shoreline protection projects.
0: And you've successfully deployed a reef or two already, right?
4: Uh, so, our first reef was finished in November of 2016. So, she's just over two years old. I'll actually be going out to check on her next week. To oh, happy birthday to her, too. Her. I love so, that. I'm so, I'm so proud of her. She's only two, which is very young for an oyster reef. Um, but, she's doing great. Um, so, our first reef, uh, as of a year, had active, healthy, healthy, happy baby oysters growing on it, which is really That's exciting. Awesome. Um, and it's also doing its job. So, we don't just build reefs. You build a reef, um, there are also shoreline protection projects. Um, so it's actually reduced the erosion in that area by about half, um, which is not nothing. That's <laughs> um, awesome. That's pretty significant for a marsh that has taken a, a, some major hits in the past. Um, so it's, it's doing a good job, and we've got more coming.
1: I love that you involve the volunteers and the science, too, right? You know, I think that uh, people are always asking for ways that they can get involved. And just like Eric was talking about, Julie Pearl is an educational opportunity as well.
4: It is. Um, So I know that myself living in the city of New Orleans, if you aren't in it every day, you can forget how close to the water you are and how closely tied together everything is. Um, folks are used to eating the oysters and throwing them away and not seeing what happens after or thinking about what came before um, so it's sort of a way to complete that circle for people um, help them see how their actions can have positive impacts along the coast where their food comes from where their food goes when they're done with it or when they think they're done with it um, so it's just sort of helps round out that whole experience. Um, and
0: it's a ton of fun too, pun
4: so. <laughs> uh-huh. right. intended, ton
0: yeah, of fun. a ton of fun. <laughs> yes. Um, and you have competitions, right? I, I, what, wasn't there a team that like, you know, who's the leaderboard or whatever right now for? Yeah.
4: So, so we have our, this first year was our shell shoveling showdown. Um, Ooh, so we, we care about public that. public events. Oh yes. <laughs> shell shoveling showdown. I can say <laughs> it fast. I promise. Um, so the, um, the. Sirens of New Orleans, uh, which is a New Orleans dance crew, and uh, you're really enjoying this one, Two Girls, One Shuck, which is a uh, mobile catering oyster service and one of our restaurant partners. Um, those two groups had shoveled the most over the last year or so. And so they did a head-to-head shell shoveling. Strong women, girl power. Yeah, Yeah,
1: right. They were. They were,
4: which is really awesome. I promise.
0: Need some rugby players (laughs) to get down there. (laughs) The rugby boys. They like to do the tree plantings, but maybe we can swing them over to the oyster shell recycling. We need some
1: muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Although the girls have it, sounds like.
0: So, Krista, are there uh, upcoming opportunities to volunteer with you all?
4: Of course there are. Um, so we like to hold events at least once a month for everybody. So we're doing shell baggings and beerists, um February 22nd, March 23rd, April 13th, and May 11th. And then we have a more in, a, a little bit different kind of project that we're doing right now. So um, I talked about our first reef being a shoreline protection project. It's a big reef. It's about a half mile long. Um, but our next one is a little bit different. Um, so we're partnering with the Shen Indian Tribe to build a living shoreline project to protect a mound complex. Um, So the tribe reached out because they wanted to help protect this historical area, this cultural area, but they wanted to do something more natural, not just build a concrete wall. Um, So they reached out to us to try to help build an oyster reef um, that's finally happening, which is great. Um, so, February 23rd and 24th, we're going to have volunteers meet us down in Point Shen and help load Shell up to actually be deployed directly into the water to build that reef. That is. Um, which is really, really exciting. That's so
0: awesome. We've had um, Brian Ostahowski on before, I believe, with Tulane, who has done a lot of archaeology looking at these sites that are threatened, these cultural sites, Native American sites. And so, um, you know, it, to, to just hear that, that they're at risk is one thing, but to actually hear that, you know, you all are working to do something about it is pretty amazing.
1: So, you do. You need volunteers for Pornishown, too, right, Grista?
4: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, Is there one great website? Oh, Uh, oh, oh, yes, of course there is. Um, So if you just go to crcl.org and click on our calendar, you will see all of the things you can do. Um, Jacques alluded to that we also do other things as well. We do tree planting. We do grass planting. So there's lots of ways for folks to get involved. To get involved. To get involved awesome their needs.
0: well thank you so much Krista we're out of time but real quick fun question what's your favorite way to eat an oyster
4: uh raw oh <laughs> good answer That's good right.
0: answer <laughs> all right well Krista Russell with the Coalition of Restore Coastal Louisiana please go on to CRCL's website crcl.org and sign up to volunteer go you know once you chuck them don't just chuck them oh <laughs> I'm risking it <laughs> I have 10 seconds left and I'm really pushing the buttons all right, thank you. It's been another great show. We'll see you next week. Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 a.m.